It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast, your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, insider info that you can't find anywhere else. Thanks for joining me on this Friday edition of the show, November 30th. It's already the end of November. Crazy to think about, but on today's show, we'll be talking about BYU bowl projections, have some new, some new information that came out in the last couple of days as BYU awaits their bowl destination on Sunday officially. We'll tell you about those here in a moment. We'll also catch up and preview the BYU versus Weber State basketball game with Brett Hine, fantastic writer for the Standard Examiner there in Ogden, covers the Wildcats about as well as anybody out there. We'll chat with him in the second segment, and of course, in the final segment of the show, we'll catch you up on everything we may have missed in quick hits. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control in Utah, taking care of any and all pest control issues that you may have. We'll tell you about them here in a moment. Also brought to you today by Sling TV, and we'll catch you up with what Sling is offering to our listeners a little later on in this show. All right, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for November 30th, 2018. Alright, BYU football still awaiting their bowl destination this Sunday. They won't officially know until after the conference championship games are played tonight and tomorrow. All the other games, there's a few other uh, regular season games still to be sorted out as well. And there's some other teams that could potentially reach bowl eligibility. And of course, it also goes with the conference pecking orders, how bowls shake out. But BYU expects to be in a bowl game this year, and that's the good news for them. Uh, There was a quote yesterday, Ralph D. Russo from the Associated Press did a great story on BYU and Army as football uh, bowl subdivision independence, FBS independence, not having official tie-ins for bowl games and how it could be a little bit of a hairy Sunday for both of those programs. Uh, The key quote for BYU in his article came from BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo. I said recently that uh, there was a Reporter, I believe Mitch Sherman was on local radio here in Utah, I believe ESPN 960, and said that the contract with BYU assures BYU of a bowl game after the Poinsettia Bowl folded in 2017 that BYU had been contracted to attend this year. But Tom Homo adds another quote that I think should bolster BYU's fans' um, belief that BYU will be in a bowl game because he told Ralph D. Russo, quote, that's why even though we have an agreement with ESPN that they'll put us in a game, we're not going to know what game that is until the dominoes fall, unquote. Okay, it sounds a little ominous there, but the key part is, is that's why even though we have an agreement with ESPN that they'll put us in a game, that means Tom Homo understands that ESPN will put BYU in one of their bowl games 
As I just mentioned, Mitch Sherman also saying the contract BYU has with ESPN assures them of a game, but does say that we won't know that game until the dominoes fall. Speaking of how the conference pecking orders of bowl agreements shake out. Uh, Jay Drew did a fantastic piece. It's his Eye on the Y series, by the way. Go to Salt, the Salt Lake Tribune. Go to sltrib.com and sign up for this. It's a new newsletter he sends out every week. Jay does a phenomenal work. Uh, your personal feelings aside, you can't deny that Jay works his tail off. And he had a great uh, great part in his Eye on the Y newsletter today that I'd like to take a few pieces from. Jay, don't sue me. I believe you're putting this out there essentially for free, but you can check it out. Jay says that um, in his in his article, says, I've learned that very few bull directors return phone calls and or emails, and those that do will not talk on the record. He made some phone calls to see if he could find out where BYU sat. He adds, I've also learned that a couple of bulls being mentioned by the national media outlets as possibilities for the Cougars aren't all that interested in BYU. He says those bowl games include the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, the Bad Boy Motors Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida, and the Red Box Bowl in Santa Clara, California fall into that category. The interesting one there would be the bowl game, the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, because a few players earlier this week, as we talked about on the podcast, were tweeting about BYU to Tampa using a hashtag. Made me think maybe they knew where they were going, but if this is what Jay is reporting, it sounds like the Bad Boy Moore's Gasparilla Bowl might be out of play for the Cougars, as it sounds like the bowl game might not be as interested in the Cougars as some think they are. Uh, Jay continued here. Another non-Texas Bowl director said BYU seems to be most interested in playing in the Frisco Bowl if it was, quote, given its druthers, unquote. He added that the, the Cheez-It Bowl in Phoenix, formerly known as the Cactus Bowl, recently jumped into the mix as a possibility for BYU and might make a late push depending on what happens in the Pac-12 championship game. Of course, BYU's arch rival Utah plays Washington in that game tonight. We'll see how that shakes out. I would be a big fan of BYU playing in that Cheez-It Bowl. The day after Christmas, it's an evening game. I believe it would be a 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time kick, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 7.30. But would be an ideal bowl game for BYU in my mind. Gets them through finals, gets them some extra work with the with their practices, etc. But if they're going to play in that Frisco Bowl, that's a pre-Christmas bowl game in and of itself. And that would be interesting. The interesting that BYU wants to go to Frisco, of all places, uh, to play. Frisco, of course, being in the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metroplex. It's a game scheduled for December 20th. And I know that BYU's made a bigger push to recruit in Texas with this new staff, and maybe that's part of the reason why they want to go play there. Uh, BYU likely would play a MAC team in that game, but we'll see um, if it shakes out that way. But as Tom Homo says, they're going to have to wait and see how it goes. They have to wait until all these other bowl games are locked up, and then when the open slots are finally left, that's when BYU gets their spot. Um, some additional quotes here from Jay before we get to, get to a couple of questions I wanted to address for you guys. Uh, a quote from a bowl director says, everybody in the business knows BYU sells tickets and brings eyeballs. Yeah, that's true. And that's why BYU is such an attractive bowl, bowl team. And then they added here, another director said, quote, they have a great brand over the years and they have a great partner in ESPN, which has 16 bowls out there. ESPN runs 16 different bowl games. Directly, They also are the broadcast partner for the vast majority of these bowl games. He also added that BYU utilized its leverage previously to set up some good scenarios for itself, but it can't be choosy this time around, especially sitting on that 6-6 six and six record, unquote. 
So hats off to Jay Drew, and that's a good piece here. It says that BYU has used its leverage to set up some good scenarios. That meaning they probably have said, hey, well, BYU saying to ESPN or these bowl committees, we'd rather go to this bowl game and maybe play this opponent. But this year it sounds like, yeah, with how many bowl slots, with more bowl-eligible teams than slots available, BYU is going to have to uh, just – suck it up and say, where do you, where, where are you sending us and, and just deal with it? And I think that should be the mentality regardless, but it's good to hear that BYU is almost assuredly um, going to be in a bowl game. Tom Homo's comments, I think should be the nail in the coffin, so to say when it comes to that, but it looks like BYU will be in a bowl game and we'll cover it for you Monday when we find out where BYU is headed. All right, I had a couple of questions sent to me uh, uh, the last couple of days I wanted to get to. I'm always happy to field your guys' questions, so feel free to reach out anytime. You can reach out to the show at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. You can email the show as well, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Happy to get your thoughts there if you want to sound off. Uh, the first question I had come in was a good friend of mine. I followed him on Twitter for quite a while. And that'd be Casey Finlinson at FinDaddy81. And he asked me the question after my uh, outburst or my, my rant yesterday on BYU basketball. And he said, which do you have more faith in, BYU football or BYU basketball? And I told him in a response to his tweet, the short answer was I have more faith in BYU football. And let me explain to you why Casey and everybody else listening to the podcast it's because I believe that Kalani Satake is getting ready. Well, not necessarily getting ready might be the wrong term, but he is building something up here. They got to this bowl game this year with an extremely young team. The natural progression of things, if you just kind of look at it, these freshmen and sophomores that played a lot for BYU and had over 50% of their scoring this year, Naturally, you would expect that these young men, as they progress in a collegiate training room, uh, weight room, getting into with these nutritionists, they should transform their bodies and their skills should also develop as they continue to play football. So I would expect BYU is setting themselves up to be a more competitive team in coming years, even though the schedule for BYU is expected to be very difficult in the next couple of years. 2019 looks like an absolute bear trap, but BYU looks like they have a star quarterback on their hands in a freshman of Zach Wilson, uh, potential bell cow running back in Lopini Katoa. There are four offensive linemen that look like they could be future starters, two of which are up for freshman All-American honors in James Empey and Brady Christensen. There's a lot of pieces. Gunnar Romney at wide receiver is another guy, and Matt Bushman and the rest of those tight ends for BYU are all relatively young and should be improved as well. So I'm excited for BYU football going forward. My question for BYU basketball is, what are they going to do? Because BYU basketball seems to be stuck in a rut. They haven't been able to shoot the three consistently this year. They're recruiting. Okay, maybe they're branching out a little bit. They did go and um, sign Lee Shungja out of Santa Margarita, California, the uh, Catholic high school down there. He's a native of Shanghai, China. So maybe they're going to branch out and recruit a little more broadly going forward. But BYU, by and large, has been recruiting within a 400 mile range essentially getting guys out of utah and utah valley in particular as well as some guys from idaho i just feel like dave rose and his and his staff they're gonna have to show me something that they're willing to 
almost uh, be the old dog that learns new tricks and get things fixed because currently it doesn't look great for BYU basketball. It looks like they're already on the cusp of losing what could have been a potential at-large bid um, in the NCAA tournament with some of the losses they've suffered already. They're going to have to pick up some quality wins because Gonzaga, I don't see BYU beating Gonzaga twice in WCC play to win the automatic bid or also you have to win the conference tournament to win that automatic bid out of the West Coast Conference. I just don't see it. So I'm more upbeat on BYU football. So that's the longer answer to your short question there, Casey. Feel free to follow up with me. Any of you that have questions about that, be happy to let you know more of what I think if I can get some more information, et cetera, if that's something you if you want to hear. Uh, the other question I had sent in was a, uh, another listener, Aaron Bagley. I believe it's Bagley. It might be Beagley. I apologize, Aaron. He's at Cougar Blitz 84. He sent in this question this morning saying, Jake, what's the status of Ula and Joe, speaking of Ula, Tolotau and Joe Tukuafu and he also has also about Big Mo speaking of Moteki Ailangi will these guys be contributing next season Okay, Aaron, um, let's start in reverse order. Mo Longi suffered a neck injury and has been out for the year this season. I still feel like it's a long shot we ever see him in a meaningful role on the field for BYU outside of PAT duty. But if he gets out there at some point, good for him. But he is out for the year with a neck injury. He's been out since early in the season with that injury. He also had his season ended early last year, which got him a medical red shirt with a knee injury. So... Like I said, I'm not convinced that he's going to be a meaningful contributor at any point in his career, but if he does end up being that, that's a feather in the cap of the BYU coaching staff. Uh, speaking of Joe Tukuafu, everything I have heard is that Joe Tukuafu is in school at UVU for this past sem- this, well this semester and is expected to re-enroll at BYU in in January with winter semester kicking off and then rejoining the team in time for spring football. We'll see if that shakes out. It would be good to have him to add to that stable of tight ends. He's a guy that can block. He's also got some ability to catch the ball. Good athlete considering his size. So we'll see what happens with Joe Tukuafu. Ula's status, a little more unclear. Speaking of Ula Tolutau, the running back, former East High star, um, I was told that he was also expected to enroll at UVU. I have been unable to confirm if he actually did enroll to go to school there this past semester, this current semester. And I don't know what his status is. Is he going to rejoin BYU in January? I don't know. Maybe he rejoins next summer. Maybe he never reports ever again and he's a ghost. I don't know what's going to happen with Ula. So I apologize. I don't know more about Ula. I'll dig into that and see if I can find out from some of my sources. But it sounds like the good news is Joe Tukuafu planning to rejoin BYU. Uh, Mo Tekiai Longi out for the season with an injury. Uh, we'll see what happens next year, if he can stay healthy, if he can develop to any degree. And then, like I said, not sure on the status of Ula. All right, we'll step aside here. Thanks again for the questions. You can always feel free to reach out at Locked on Cougars or at Jacob C. Hatch. I'd love to hear from you guys. Do need to tell you before we take a time out here, though, about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. All Guard Pest Control, based right here in Utah, a local company, wants to make sure that your pest control needs are met and they don't ever come back. That's what they do. They're a singular focus on all pests. This is not a lawn care company that masquerades or moonlights as a 
bug company. They do bugs. They f- focus on pests. They have no contracts. You want a one-time visit? That's what they'll do. If you want quarterly service, they'll come out every three months. Make sure you are taken care of. They want to fit their plans to make sure that you're taken care of however you want to be taken care of. Hopefully that makes sense. They service all of Utah County, Salt Lake County, Heber, Park City, the Wasatch County areas, as well as up into Davis and Weber counties if you need them up there as well. This time of year, mice and spiders looking to move inside, black widows, wolf spiders. You want to make sure that they are not going to be an issue during the winter if you're moving boxes in your basement or this coming spring, you don't get surprised. They'll come out, speaking of all guard pest control, make sure you're taken care of so you don't have any issues going forward. Give them a call, 801-851-1812. Their online reviews are absolutely phenomenal. This is a company that has staked its reputation on being the best and being the most responsive to make sure that your pest control issues are resolved and abated and never come back. Once again, all guard pest control, give them a call, 801-851-1812. That's all guard pest control. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. We're talking BYU sports for you each and every day. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy to be bringing on a guy that I have been tracking his work because I like to read up on all the local teams. And with BYU facing Weber State in basketball tomorrow evening, figured it was a good chance to get him on the air to talk about the Wildcats. He is Brett Hine. He works for the Ogden Standard Examiner. Brett, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Uh, first things first, here, Brett. Let's uh, let's talk about this. Weber State four and two on the season. What have your early impressions of Randy Ray's team been so far? <laughs> yeah, early impressions are uh, you know they're they're a talented team, uh, and but they they play a lot of freshmen. Uh, they they have. They, they go a little deeper than they have in past years, so they play four freshmen pretty pretty heavily uh, in about a ten man rotation. Um, so that's that's caused some some hiccups, some some bumps in the road, I guess you could say. But um, still a talented team with, with uh, uh, you know lots of potential, and they're trying to bring that all together. Um, and one of the things that the BYU fans might notice in this game. Uh, is, is they look a lot different than maybe any Weaver State team that that they've ever seen. Um, Randy Ray's kind of done a, a complete 180 on on the, their style, um, as far as in the past. You know, he's kind of a and in the Stu Morrill coaching tree. So in the past, there's yeah. been a lot of you know, set offensive, uh, you know, offensive sets. You know players go here then here and there's a you know the ball it's very clear where the ball is supposed to go and, and what the options are um now this year it's completely different it's uh when they are in a half court set it's just uh free-flowing kind of motion 
try and let let his guys make plays, um, but also pushing the tempo as often as much as possible, off makes, off misses. They they try to get the ball up the floor uh, immediately. So and, and on defense, they're they're trying to get more in passing lanes, different things. So it's a it's a lot different style than than we've seen from Weber State in the past thirteen years. Interesting. It's interesting to hear. I'm excited to kind of see that myself. I wanted to ask you, does this team kind of go still as Jarek Harding goes? I know he's been limited at times early this season, but is he still the kind of the bellwether for this squad? Uh, to some extent. Um, you know, he missed their opener at San Diego, and the way that game played out, they, they might have, they, I don't know say they should have won or probably would have won with him, but they might have won if he was playing that game. Um, he was out with a sprained ankle. Um, they they built a lead in the first half and, and gave it up in the second half. San Diego is a really talented team. Um, that's a that's a team that BYU will have their hands full with too. Um, but yeah, I mean Harding is he's <laughs> I like to say he he wakes up out of bed and he's got twenty points. Like <laughs> yeah. he. No, it doesn't usually matter how the game goes. He he finds ways to get points and to, to keep his team going on offense. And uh, he's he's a pretty remarkable offensive player that way. Um, he can hit from deep. He can uh, get in the lane and score in traffic. Uh, I think BYU fans probably remember that from last year's game at the BI Classic. Uh, just some of the the tough acrobatic shots he was making in the paint. Um, so yeah, I mean he's. He's right now. He's scoring at a pace that's the same pace that Damian Lillard had at this point in his Weber State career. So he's he's definitely uh, fun to watch. That's for sure. And uh, his his scoring is definitely important for the team. I wanted to ask you with Jarek. Do people compare him uh, for better or for worse against what Damian Lillard does, or do you, have they kind of separated those two players, understanding what Damian Lillard was and has become in the NBA? Yeah, <clears throat> despite what I just said, I don't think there's actually much comparison um, going on. It's just something I, just the way he scores, how how well he scores. It's something I like to keep track of how he's how he's doing compared to other. You know other great scores in Weber State history, but um, no, I mean his games. His games a lot different, um, um, and so I don't. I don't know if there's really an expectation for him to become that or anything. Um, it's just right now, just kind of. <clears throat> I, this is how I've kind of come to to view college sports. I just kind of enjoy uh, watching, you know, the the stars that are there for college. Uh, you know, on the college teams, mm-hmm. whether or not they have pro prospects is is somewhat irrelevant to me. Um, you know, if if uh, what they're doing on the floor is is in itself, you know, entertaining and and maybe something you've never seen before. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to peg what his pro prospects are. Um, he's a little bit smaller, and and uh, he's still got another year uh, to put it all together. So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Absolutely, uh, I've. BYU fans have kind of watched BYU's roster over the years and noticed that they, they t- they've taken a lot of guys in-state. You look at Weber State's roster, and there's a good mix. There's plenty of in-state 
guys on this team. Speaking of guys like Breckett Chapman, uh, Spencer Johnson, a kid out of American Fork. But there's also guys from elsewhere in the United States and even international prospects. There's about three or four I saw on the roster for Weaver that are international guys. And that's a that's a market. I, I market, market might not be the right word, but it's a it's a frontier that BYU fans are hopeful that Dave Rose and his staff will kind of venture into recruiting more internationally. How do you see these international players affecting Weber State, and how do you how have, have you been able to get a, kind of a background on how they got into that market? Um, you know, I, I I don't know exactly how they worked their way into that, but. Um, what's been interesting is the last, well, this last signing period, the, the guys who are freshmen now, um, as far as the international players, um, well, uh, so Donatos Kupsis and uh, Dima Zador. So, you know, Kupsis is from Lithuania, but he he went to high school in um, in New York. He went to high school in Long Island. Okay. So he came over by himself earlier and kind of, you know, got into AAU ball and, and different things. And uh, same with, with uh, Dima Zador. He's a, a 6'10 freshman from the Ukraine. But he went to high school in Maryland for a couple of years. So they have some some connections uh, out east that uh, kind of led them to those prospects. Um, so... Some of the other, some of the other international guys uh, didn't pan out quite as well. Um, they ended up going back home after a year or things like that. So it's been kind of a, a mixed bag. But but these guys, um, they both play, <laughs> um, and you can tell they they both have some some things to work on. But they're they're pretty high impact. Um, the door is a really a raw player, but he comes off the bench usually for. You know, eight to ten minutes a game, and he'll block a shot or two and grab three or four rebounds. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see how those how the rosters come together around the state. Because yeah, they've I mean they they only have a handful of local kids, um, and of course Chapman coming from Utah was 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 big for them. But otherwise, it's it's a lot of a lot of kids from from Texas, and historically it's been kids from Texas or Arizona um, for the most part. So. All right, uh, speaking with Brett Hine here. Brett, uh, last thing for me here as we kind of wrap this up is uh, it's a two-part question, uh, so we'll take it in two parts. First part of it is where do you see the, I guess, this game breaking down tomorrow night it, up there at the Purple Palace at the D Event Center? Where do you see this game kind of hinging on? And give us your prediction for the game between BYU and Weber State. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so one of the places it will hinge is uh, whether or not uh, BYU continues to shoot so terribly from three, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, if they can break through even a little bit there, that'll mean a lot to them. Because, um, like, it's kind of weird. I, I don't think people think that that BYU's players are not talented, but for whatever reason, they just can't. They just can't shoot from three so far this year, and it's it's not even just like, ah, oh, well, you know, they're not as good as we want. They've they've kind of been terrible, so. Uh, you'd have to think that, that that can't last all season, at least not as bad as it's been. That's got to come up a little bit. Um, so that, uh, maybe, you know, a lot of the guys there have played played several times at, at the D Event Center, so maybe that will help out. Uh, who knows? But um, an- another key to the game will be um, 
a who who from Weber State can can guard Yoli Childs, and B if Burkott Chapman can stay out of foul trouble because um, he's actually been a, a really high impact player for Weber State this year. Um, uh, he averages more than two blocks a game. Um, he had. Uh, he had five blocks in a game in the Palmas. He actually had six, but the stat keeping down there was pretty terrible. <laughs> the tournament he went to down there, but uh, yeah, he had a game where he had six points. Two of those were off dunks, like three assists, ten rebounds, five blocks. Um, he's he's just been a an all around impact player for them. But uh, in another game in the Bahamas, <clears throat> he got into foul trouble and, and only played about ten minutes. Um, so. I think that'll be a key for for Weaver State is if if uh, his his impact is if he can be on the floor to make that impact. And like I said, he, he's one of the guys who would who would help try and slow down Yoli Childs and and uh, <coughs> not not that that's easy to do for anyone, but um, they're going to have to do that at least a little bit to, to to have a chance. All right, so you got a pick for this game, Brett. Uh, I don't know if I should do the pick. Okay, but. fair enough. I understand. I, I figured if, I'd give uh, you the opportunity, but we'll... yeah, I'll say this. I mean, it, I mean, last year it seemed like you know because Weber Weber hasn't beat BYU since 2003. It's been a while. Um, and last year kind of felt like you know maybe this is the year that, that, that they pick one up, mm-hmm. and then uh, Chapman and Zach Braxton, their two big men, were both out for that game, <clears throat> and it was still really competitive. So. Um, I don't know. It it, it feels like uh, it feels like one that that maybe maybe this is a year Weaver can make it happen. But at the same time, you know, uh, if you look at uh, Ken Pomeroy's numbers, he he's thought he has BYU favored by three at about sixty percent probability. So I mean, BYU still expected to win this game on the road, but um, it's certainly not a, a, a you know it's not it's not there in Sharpie for any by any means. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I expect it to be competitive for sure. Awesome. Well, Brett, I can't thank you enough for the time. We'll look forward to having you on the show down the road again, hopefully soon, all right? Yeah, sounds good. I appreciate it. There you go, Brett Hine from the Ogden Standard Examiner. Not a better writer or person that covers the Wildcats than Brett. He does a fantastic job. Check out his work, Behind 3 I believe, on Twitter. You also can go to Weber HQ on Twitter for all of his work on Weber State as well. Uh, BYU basketball tomorrow night up there at the Purple Palace, the D Event Center, 7 o'clock tip-off. You want to make a full day of it, you can watch some local college football as well. The Weber State Wildcats football team under the direction of of Jay Hill is the number two seed in the FCS playoffs. They're hosting Southeast Missouri State at Stewart Stadium tomorrow at 2 p.m. You can go out and catch some football and basketball, make it a double header for yourself. I'm going to be up there for the football game in particular, uh, broadcasting live with the radio station I work for, the Zone Sports Network. We'll step aside here. We'll come back, get you caught up on where the other teams in the BYU Athletic Department are in action this weekend and anything else we we haven't touched on yet on today's show in quick hit as we do normally in the final segment of each show. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about Sling TV. Sling TV is your best bet to watch college football and all the other college sports you can handle. For just $30 a month, you get ESPN Networks, Pac-12 Networks, SEC Network, and more. You can stream it on your big screen and across all of your favorite devices. You can take it mobily on your phone or tablet. 
Sling TV's goal is to give you the live TV you love, only better. There are no useless channels when it comes to Sling TV. It's not a bundled cable package. You pick the lineup that you want and that that you're willing to pay for. There are no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You'll know exactly right up front how much you're paying Sling TV, and you can cancel at any time for any reason. Sign up for Sling TV today, and you can get a seven-day free trial. Locked on Cougars listeners can get that seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Check it out, guys. It's an awesome product. If you are looking to maybe change your TV provider, over-the-air or over-the-top TV providers like Sling TV are all the rage. So check them out once again, sling.com slash locked on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for joining me on this Friday edition of the podcast. We can be found everywhere you find podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Tell your spot. Uh, tell your smart speakers to play Locked On Cougars, the podcast. You should find us there as well. And please continue to share this with your family and friends. It's good to always hear about people that have said, "Hey, my buddy referred me to your podcast. Thanks for doing this." It kind of gives me uh, a good, warm feeling knowing. I'm, I'm helping BYU fans keep up to date on their teams. And I really appreciate your guys' support of the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Even if you're a longtime listener who hasn't done that yet, go to the podcatcher, give us a five-star review and a short message about what you like about the podcast. I'd really appreciate that as well. Now, as we wrap the podcast up for today, wanted to catch up on the other athletes and BYU teams that are going to be in action this weekend and some of the honors that were handed out. We'll start off in the pool, the men's and women's swimming and diving teams will be 40 miles north of home up there at the University of Utah at the Ute Natatorium for a rivalry matchup in the Ute Diving Invite. So go out and check that out. It'll be the Ute Natatorium today and tomorrow. But Peyton Sorensen, senior swimmer for the BYU men's swimming and diving teams, he's actually qualified for the Olympic swimming trials in the 50-meter freestyle that was held at the U.S. Winter Nationals in Greensboro, North Carolina yesterday. It's a fantastic honor for Sorensen to have qualified for the 20 2020 Olympic trials. Um, he actually made the final event with the time of 22.77 seconds in the prelims of the event. And then he went on to race in the finals and earned a faster time at 22.45 seconds, putting him in second place after Nathan Adrian, a five-time Olympic gold medalist. So we'll be rooting for Peyton Sorensen. It'd be cool to see him make the Olympics. It's a couple years off yet, but cool to see him make those trials. The men's and women's, uh, 
swimming and diving teams. They don't get a lot of attention and a lot of love, but I did want to mention that for sure, considering a guy that has a chance to make the Olympics absolutely deserves to have some recognition. The women's soccer team, Michaela Coolahan, she was named to the United Soccer Coaches All-American second team yesterday. She becomes the 24th Cougar to have received an All-American honors after recording seven assists and five goals during the 2018 season. She actually had 82 shots to lead the West Coast Conference this year. She's a sophomore, like I said, so part of this young core for this women's soccer team that only loses two athletes next year, one to graduation and one to an LDS mission. Uh, BYU women's soccer should be set up to have another successful year next year and we'll be rooting for them. The women's basketball team was in action yesterday in their crosstown clash, taking on the UVU Wolverines over in Orem. 11 Cougars scored in the games they blew out UVU 77 to 51. So congratulations to Jeff Judkins and his team. They're now six and two on the season off to a hot start this year. So congratulations to the Lady Cougars. They'll be back in action uh, next Saturday. They'll be headed up north in the rivalry game against the University of Utah. Saturday, December 8th at 7 o'clock Mountain Time in the Huntsman Center. A game will be broadcast on the Pac-12 network. So we'll keep you updated with any of the news that comes out about the women's basketball team like we do with the other teams. But good to see them 6-2 and two on the season coming off a big win after a tough loss in Southern Utah earlier this week. Uh, last thing for me before we wrap things up is to remind you guys that the NCAA tournament for the women's volleyball team, the fourth seeded women's volleyball team, begins NCAA tournament play this afternoon slash evening. They'll take on Stony Brook in the Smith Fieldhouse at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll air live on BYU TV and BYUTV.org. Utah and Denver will also square off it before this game at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. The winners of the two matches will face off tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. So women's volleyball ranked number one for a large chunk of this season. Looking to finish off the year with a national championship, and it all starts tonight. So we want to wish best of luck to the women's volleyball team as they begin that journey towards a national title tonight. All right, that's all I got for you. Thanks again for joining me on this Friday edition of the show. A little longer than we normally go, but there was a lot of information to get to. want to thank Brett Hine for joining me on the show today. Great to catch up with him. BYU Men's Basketball tomorrow night, D Event Center, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, up there in Ogden. Get out and support the Cougars, especially those of you in northern Utah. I know BYU doesn't get up that way very often, but here's your opportunity to go out and support Dave Rose and the boys. Today's show has been brought to you by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Any and all pest control needs can be handled by this company. Give them a call, 801-851-1812. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Sling TV. Get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on right now. Monday's edition of the show, we're recapping where BYU is bowling. We'll have official word at that point. We'll also recap whatever happens for BYU basketball when they take on Weaver State tomorrow night. That'll be all covered for you on the Monday edition of Locked On Cougars. This has been the November 30th edition of Locked On Cougars. Have a great Friday and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need. 
to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.